Boom, put boom, boom, A-side, B-side, what side are you on? Welcome back to A-side, B-side podcast. How's it going, Adam? Surviving as best we can do. <laughs> so as of this recording, we have in America made history. We now have a president that is twice impeached. I mean, if you're going to go big, go big, I guess. I mean, he went state of Texas big. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I don't understand the entire parliamentary procedure and all that. But there's this little bit of me that, like, when I read the stuff that says that maybe McConnell will let this happen in the Senate, that I think maybe it could happen. But also, like, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. He says it will, but we shall see. But um, yeah. the rumor is that they are going to try to delay the judicial part of it. I don't know. There's some there's some reports that say they're trying to get a speedy process on it, and McConnell is probably not going to let that happen. But there's also rumors that they want to delay it until after the inauguration. That way, it has more impact. And like the weird like catch twenty two of that whole thing is like if they rush it, then McConnell is actually in power. Mm-hmm. But if they delay it, then he's not in power. Right, then he's the minority. So it it almost feels like he's like, oops, I couldn't do anything, my bad. Yeah. (laughs) If they delay it, you know? Which, I mean, that totally is... I don't want to go political on our podcast, but in my opinion, Mitch McConnell is the person who always looks around and says, how is this going to work for me? And if he could say, like, I don't actually have to be the person who impeaches this president, but I could help impeach this president so he never runs again, that's a win-win for Mitch. Oh, that's absolutely what I think his plan is. Yeah. I mean, mean, it's kind of impressive. I mean, not that I'm enjoying it, but, like, these people in the – who've been in Congress for, like, 40 years, like, they figured – all this out like they've read all the books there's like there's no way that they're gonna be like oops i was surprised (laughs) yeah so it'll be interesting to see how this proceeds of course another video has surfaced of uh, donald trump condemning the violence but we know last time but not actually condemning the violence right that's exactly what happened last time he quote unquote condemned the violence and then took to twitter to kind of incite it all over again so now with things like parlor gone you know amazon google apple have all gotten rid of access to parlor Parlor is trying to find new service, you know, a new internet provider. But mm, when you've got there's, the there's no provider left. Yeah, Sorry. you've got the big guns that are <laughs> you, like you can no. get on Netscape. That's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so the other interesting thing about Parlor is uh, apparently you can become a verified citizen on Parlor, and then you like you show your ID and you, you it gives you like. You have to. I'm not giving Parler my ID. Yeah, right. But you give your ID. I mean, granted, I don't have a lot to hold on to. So, well, 
but at you this, give at this point if my identity gets stolen and some guy it has a slightly better identity i might trade <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing they gave all this identifying information to parlor parlor lost their security servers after mm-hmm. all of this so hackers were able to get in and screenshot all of this information and have given it all to the fbi so i i will say hi to my fbi agent that's in my laptop um you know, we all have them. Uh, <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, my guy is so bored. I know, I know. He's like, really, dude? The same three websites? <laughs> He's perked up right now for the first time, and I don't know how long. But yeah. I'm going to give the FBI props because, man, they have been on it catching these people. And it's so funny to me how these people, I know we said we weren't going to get political, but this is just a funny observation. So these people were so proud of themselves at the, you know, these riots, this insurrection. Mm. They're taking these photos and they're, you know, the one guy, he's got the, the um, podium and, and, you know, they're all proud. And then immediately mm-hmm. after when it's like, oh, we might face trouble. They've all like, they've shaved, like they've tried to change their hair. And it's like, <laughs> oh, but I thought you were proud. Because they've all watched like CIS or NCIS or like anything on CBS that was a crime show. They're like, oh, the way we get away is we shave our heads. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, dude, they're still going to find you. They're still knocking on your door. So, mm. <laughs> I, I, And I know we weren't going to go political, but I do have a very specific question about your experience okay so today i saw pictures of national guard members who are now stationed to the capitol Mm -hmm. and they don't really have anywhere to go so they're just like napping in the capitol itself Mm -hmm. hanging out like right there when someone who has served in the military sees that what is your race because i have not I have played a lot of Call of Duty, which is not serving in the military. Just a reminder to all of the right-wing people. uh, (laughs) That's not serving in the military. It's just a video game. But you have. And like that, I feel like I saw those pictures today and I was like, "That's, that's not fair. That sucks. Like these soldiers do not, they should not be having to nap in hallways. No, but I mean, think it's not the worst place they've napped. Yeah. And that's, and that's where I kind of like, I was like, I feel like I don't really have a understanding. Like, it looks like, oh my God, there's napping in hallways, but I feel like that is not the worst place they've napped. No, I mean, when you travel, you nap in airports. I mean, I'm sure most of them are kind of looking at it like, you know, I've traveled and I've slept in an airport on the floor before. So mm, not a big deal. You know, you, you, you lean up against your rucksack and you get comfortable and you take a nap. So, I mean, when I saw it, I wasn't like, oh, my God, they're so uncomfortable. I was like, all right, they're, do- they're there to do a job. Yeah. this is what, and, and I feel like that was the, when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, that sucks. But I was like, also, I don't have any verb of reference mm-hmm. because I hate camping of all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> and I would look at that and be like, well, at least they're indoors. There's like a, like a bathroom nearby. I mean, they got Wi-Fi. Trust me, they got Wi-Fi. They're on Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max. They're they're fine. I sure hope they are. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I I hope they're listening to podcasts. Hint, hint. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you have Wi-Fi so you can listen to A side B side podcasts. Yeah, yeah, and share 
with your friends, but not that one friend because we all know that guy. So don't share with that guy. Oh man. So real quick ways to support the podcast. If you're loving it, we love you. And thank you so much. Of course, uh, you can always buy us a coffee. It's buymeacoffee.com slash a side B side pod. You can also grab some merch off our website. A friend of the podcast, murder, murder news, Aurora, uh, is rocking the brand new trust your guts. They're probably nuts shirt. And she looks gorgeous. She got the pink one. Yeah. I got to tell you, she looked adorable. Like I saw that pink version and I was like, um, I got to have that now because that looks so cute on her. So- I, I was going to rock it. And then I was like, oh, I'm not nearly that attractive. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just going to let her rock it because that was way better than I was going to ever do. It looked really so. good on her. I really appreciate you. Well, uh, it's a very it's a very cute shirt and it kind of ties into my side tie. So. Oh my. All right. Uh, of course, you've got the Bad Vibes Save Lives, also a new one. And my birthday is coming later this month. I've got another shirt that will be dropping. And that's thanks to a friend of mine on Instagram, Josh. He gave me uh, an idea for a shirt. So that will be dropping on uh, just in time for my birthday, which is later nice. on this month. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Also Magnolia, Kentucky. I am kind of embarrassed. I don't know where Magnolia is, but thank you. I have to look that up. I don't. It's a, it's a very pretty town from what I understand. Oh, okay. You, so you know where it is? No, I just know the name. It sounds oh. like it's a flower. <laughs> also in Bolivar, Missouri and city of St. Peter's, Missouri. I will say it's Bolivar. Is it Bolivar? It's Bolivar because that's that's literally my cousins right now. Okay, all right. Yeah, probably my aunt and uncle as well. But right. Bolivar. Bolivar. Okay. Yeah. Laurel, Maryland, also Omaha, Nebraska. Thank you for listening. Lancaster, 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 Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for listening in Lancaster. Um, Wales, United Kingdom. Honored to have you in Hordaland, Norway. Also. Thank you. And Manitoba, Canada. We are very honored to have you. Thanks for joining us on A-Side, B-Side podcast. All right, Adam. So you were not here last week, and I'm not sure if you heard that story. If you hadn't, you need to go listen. I, I did listen to it, and I I feel like I have to be honest. I Last week, I I freaked out. The it We were having a attack on the Capitol, and... I, I was ready. I literally had a three-page thing ready to go for my side, but I, I freaked. I have anxiety and, um, I have anxiety and depression and whatnot. But like, I freaked, and it could have been a thing. Like Brooke absolutely heard what I was saying, but also said like, "Hey, I'm gonna do." the show because we have to do the show because and she was right every every day shit happens sorry grandma Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> shit happens and i was very blessed to be able to have a partner who understood that i was not like i stayed up till 4 a.m watching the like after all the like the violence or you know, like the attack, but then like, it was just the parliamentary bullshit. Mm-hmm. I stay up till 4am just watching them just like actually read this stuff. And 
I was not functional as a human being because I really didn't know what to do. So I was very lucky that I have a partner in this podcast who she made it work and she didn't send me a lot of angry like emojis, which is cool. Um, but ironically, that was the worst because she didn't send me anything. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted you to be mad and there was nothing and then I was like are we still doing this thing like I don't know like did I get kicked <laughs> out of the out of the club it's like it's fair if I did but I just want to know it was so perfect because I think the best and I don't want to use the word revenge but the best I don't know what other like the best. So like if you're thinking if you're playing ping pong and like the thing, there's a thing. So I return. Yeah, the return. return? Yeah, the return. That's very good. Yeah. So I literally prepared both a a side and a B side for this week to the point where I took off work today and I spent eight hours providing like two different tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. But it but literally on I think it was on <laughs> Sunday when I realized that I had oh, just man. been so non-committal to what I was gonna do. And I was like, okay, this this is the road you have you have paved. You get to do both of these. And so it was actually kind of exciting because all day today. I was finishing off two different versions of what I was going to do tonight. And that was kind of exciting. And the the nice part is that I realized that there was no one to blame but me because I had not said, Brooke, I'm going to do this. I'm not, I'm going to do this. I just said, well, it's cool. I can do both. And you should never say that because I prepare for both. At, at some point, I realized that I had done wrong and I was not going to have any way out of this. <laughs> so I was going to have to do both. Uh, and the thing is, I actually have three ready. But we're only going to do one, I hope. You are super prepared. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's how much I, you scare me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> No, legit. I was like, I have not been forthcoming about what I'm going to do tonight. And uh, I kept like, so Brooke, Brooke would text me. She'd be like, so are you going to do entertainment or this true crime thing we talked about? And I was like, I can do both. She's like, just pick one. I'm like, I can do both. And she's like, just pick one. I'm like, I can do both. And she's like, fine. I was like, oh shit, I'm doing both. <laughs> I should make you do both. I could. Legit. I am ready to do both. <laughs> if need be also grandma brooke i'm sorry for swearing she's not my grandma she's my mom okay now i'm more sorry mom brooke <laughs> i'm sorry but on a real note it is really important to take care of your mental health even if i was frustrated with you you still have to take care of your mental health and it wasn't it was just a it was frustration because it was last minute no not I, no and i never i never i never felt it as you not respecting my mental health i just i legitimately i don't know what to do last wednesday honestly the the world seemed to be ending and i just vapor locked 
like if anybody's seen Top Gun, at some point there's that Top Gun where they're like, ah, Vaporlock, you can't do anything. And then that was me. I didn't know what to do. So I am very lucky that I have a partner like Brooke who would do an entire episode by herself uh, while I am not figuring out how to even do anything. So. Oh my goodness. No, I mean, I, I, I mean that. It, it means a lot to me because there was a lot in my head that said, like, I can't function right now. Am I going to lose this great opportunity I have to do a podcast with my friend? because of it and i feel like there's a lot of people who went through weird stuff last week who also thought like is my life going to change because of this and maybe it will but we're not going to lose stuff like i legitimately thought my world was going to end last wednesday i think what last wednesday completely serious yeah i think what last wednesday showed us is that the people that can impact change are tired of the garbage. Yeah. And there's a lot of garbage. There's a lot of garbage. Like, and... I got to be honest. I feel like garbage pickup should be more than once a week. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like this is the first time probably in history that white people as a whole are pissed off at white people. No, if that makes sense. No, you're you're right. And there was, I mean, for me, there was a lot of like, I don't even know what to do at this point. Like, I, I, I'm looking at it and I'm saying like, I voted this way, I voted that way, whatever. But like, how do I, how do I fix this? Like, there, there's legitimately like a guy who looks like the worst made character on Skyrim storming the capital with like a horn helmet and no shirt because it's horrible that's horrible like armor if you're gonna actually be a brute and that, right. and that dude's just like there and i'm like unfortunately i as a white person ah, fuck that's our guy like that that looks like me and i i don't have a lot of reasons he lives in his mom's basement He's a shaman. Um, he goes to every rally he can go to. And I can't look at that and say like there is anything about him that isn't me. It's just like, yeah, they lived a little different. But that's all privilege. But the difference is you weren't storming the castle and you don't agree with them. So yeah, you can say there is a lot that isn't you. I mean, yes, from a actual actions, but like seems pretty familiar but that's what i'm saying it takes it takes the collective and as of right now the collective is white america to see what is happening and it's happening white america is seeing actual white privilege and i feel like we saw that over the summer We, we saw it previously but like it was so aggressively obvious anyway moving on we we got we got real political sorry (laughs) so this week adam also you mentioned t-shirts and i I forgot to give our website away before so a side b side podcast dot square dot site if you would like one of our t-shirts we are not storming any capitals um (laughs) but we got we got some pretty good looking t-shirts and we do 
I think at the end of today's episode, you'll be like, I want one of those t-shirts too. So you should check it out. Nice. All right. So we are switching it up a little bit. So the A side is typically nostalgia, media, movies, TV shows, actors. And then the B side is usually typically the true crime. But we are switching places this week. I'll be doing the A side. You'll be doing the B side. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Adam, initially what I was going to do for the A-side was I was going to talk about how I had been watching Bridgerton, which I absolutely freaking loved, Mm -hmm. by the way. Yeah. And I was looking up the cast of Bridgerton and I realized that one of the supporting actors was actually on Doctor Who. And it led me down this rabbit hole of like British actors that you'd recognize on American shows Mm -hmm. that like appeared on episodes of doctor who it's kind of like uh criminal minds here like you're you see actors before they kind of blew up they were on criminal minds like season three or season like four, law and order whatever. or even friends back in the day or yeah, yeah exactly yeah. anything that's been running for a long time it, it's it's got like a vapor trail Right. So some actors, I'll just give you a couple. This is not, but I I completely switch gears, but like a couple people that, because you know, I am a huge Doctor Who fan, Mm. like huge. I've not touched Doctor Who because of this. (laughs) Like you go, you go into somebody's home and cook their favorite dish. Right. Right. (laughs) So did you know that James Corden actually appeared on a couple episodes of Doctor Who? It doesn't shock me, but I didn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Matt Smith from The Crown, who plays Prince Philip, uh, was actually a doctor. He was one of the doctors. He oh, was... yeah, Matt Smith. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was number 11. He was the guy who was, like, mentioned to be in the most recent Star Wars movie, but wasn't actually in it. Oh, really? Yeah, everybody thought, like, Matt Smith's in it. And, like, they were like, no, he's not in it. And everyone was like, okay, sure, he's in it. Well, like, no, really, he's not in it. And then he wasn't in it. <laughs> I've got one that you'll really enjoy. Timothy James Bond Dalton. Or Dalton, excuse me. He was actually on Doctor Who. Timothy Dalton? Yeah. Oh, really? Uh, that's what I'm telling you. Well, like, and- I think people forget, like, Doctor Who has been around for what? Like, 40 years? Oh, okay, so Doctor Who started in the 60s, ran through the 80s. Yeah. And then it, quote unquote, ended. And then in, what was it, 2009... They decided to bring it back. It was very low budget. Christopher Eccleston uh, came back as number nine. Yeah, the bad, and they bad were... guy from Gone in 60 Seconds, which is why I can't get into it. Oh, yeah, he was. He was. He's all, But he's also a good guy in Thor. Yeah. N- nope, he's a bad guy in Thor. No, I thought he was one of Thor's buddies. Nope, he was uh, He was the, the in Thor 2. He was a bad guy. Oh, okay, never mind. Me. All right, whatever. <laughs> Anyway, so it was really low budget. They didn't expect it to blow up like it did. And it just had this massive cult following and like it blew up. So every successive season after that, you know, the budget got bigger and bigger. Mm. Christopher Christopher only was there for the first season of the reboot, but um, tons of people. Okay. So we talked about Matt Smith Yeah, and on Matt Smith's season was Karen Gillan. Yeah, who, who I absolutely most people love. would recognize as Nebula. Yeah, and she's from like the she's MCU. a great Netflix or I'm sorry, Instagram follow. Like she will like most of her stuff is like behind the scenes stuff of her next movie. It's really worth it. 
Nice. Yeah. I mean, if she's you, super you, pretty too, but also. <laughs> right. But she plays Amy Pond on Doctor Who. So it's really funny to see all of these British actors that Americans know and love and have no clue. Like, huh, they were on Doctor Who. That's where they got, like, that's where she got her major break. Yeah, that's, that's what she meant to say. So that was kind of what I was going to do. And then I was talking to my mom and then my mom's like, oh yeah, that would be cool. But you know, if Adam did it, he's like an encyclopedia and he knows this date and this year and this date. And I was like, thanks mom. Also, thanks, thanks mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that now. Eh, I'm going to do something else and I'm not telling you what it is. <laughs> I feel very so- bad about swearing so much earlier. <laughs> So I was like, what am I going to do? I don't know what to do. I'm like stressed out about this. So then I was watching Cobra Kai, which Mm -hmm. season three, great, love it. If you are a Karate Kid fan, you will love all the seasons of Cobra Kai. I really did enjoy season three. And as I was watching the credits, I saw a name that shocked me. Now, Adam, I know you typically do people that aren't huge names and you're like that guy from that show or that girl from that show well yeah. you haven't done any girls yet so you need to work on that but i mean typically it's a life problem <laughs> but t- <laughs> typically you do that guy from that show that yeah. you know his face but you don't know his name well i'm gonna put a little spin on that you know this guy's name you'll instantly recognize it from music and movies yeah but you may be surprised at how much he does behind the scenes. Everybody's got to pay the bills. So that man, give me a little background, was born September 25th, 1968 in Philadelphia. And if the story about how his life got flipped, turned upside down, makes you want to rap a little bit. <laughs> really? You'll know exactly who I'm talking about. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so willard carol smith jr aka will smith Smith. the fresh prince yes is a producer for cobra kai really (laughs) i mean it makes sense because like he's of our generation like he watched karate kid in theater right so let me tell you a little bit about a producer. Adam, you know this because you've been in theater and you've, you've got a couple of movies under your belt. So it all starts with the producer. A producer aids in the development, planning, execution, and marketing of a film. Without a producer, pretty much like a director. If you don't have a producer, you don't have a director, you don't have a film. Yeah, and in my experience, and I don't know if this goes everywhere, but the producer is usually the one with the money. Right, yes. And if he doesn't have the money, he's the one that secures right. the financial back. He brings in somebody else who's got the monies. Of course, you recognize Will Smith, like I said, from movies. I mean, Independence Day, Men in Black, Hitch, you know, Hancock, all these movies that he's the star of. But I bet you don't realize how many movies and TV shows he has his hands in behind the scenes. As a director, he has two. As a writer, he has three. And as a producer, he has a total of 75, 33 current, and 42 upcoming projects that he's a producer on. Like, the producer part I get, because when you got money, like, you're going to, like, make things happen. But writer and director, I didn't know he Mm -hmm. he was doing that. 
Right. That's what I'm saying. You don't realize because you think Will Smith, you think the Fresh Prince or you think Men in Black or whatever, or now these days, Instagram, because he's like Instagram king. Yeah. But you don't think of director or writer and even producer. Like I said, that shocked me when I saw Will Smith as executive producer on, on Cobra Kai. I was like, wait, what? And I had to look it up to make sure that it was actually that Will Smith. And can, can we like take a like a small like sidestep here? Mm-hmm. Over the last year, his he's been a meme for like being emotional to finding out that his wife was cheating on his the entanglement. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know how anybody can look at that and say like we should shame that. It was it was a bad time for somebody, but he at least admitted and he shared his pain. And that is powerful, in my opinion. So I, I just don't like that that's been dragged down on the social media. Yeah. I think what Jada does is, aside from that whole thing, and and I feel like their hand was forced a little bit in that issue because yeah. of the fact that August Alsina came out with that information that was so private. Mm-hmm. So to get ahead of it, they they discussed it and i get that you know because i'm sure that's nothing they wanted to talk about but to keep control of the situation and to avoid all the rumors they said okay hey we're going to talk about this and that's what jada's whole thing is with her red table talks it's like let's get this out in the open let's talk about this it's therapy in a way and i think that was maybe therapy absolute therapy yeah i i just think i think it's important that men see somebody who is consistently a alpha male character show emotion Mm -hmm. and that is needed because it's not something i remember seeing when i was a kid i don't remember seeing any action heroes talking about their struggles with relationships and i probably could have used that so i i don't know i just think it's when i hear about will smith now people bring up that meme and it's just not fair I think he has done a good job of handling it all in stride. And he knew. Yeah. Um, I think he knew when they did that, you know, there's going to be people that make fun of me. And, and honestly, I feel complete side note here, but I feel for a man who is, especially of our generation, like you said, you don't see a lot of men that were very emotional and he grew up with out his father yeah. as uh, a role model. I mean, he didn't have his father at all. So, so to put himself him to... out that out there like that, right. that is that is huge. Yeah. And yeah, I I wish more people would like. To me, it meant a lot. Like that mm-hmm. that was really it sucked for them as a relationship, but it meant a lot to see somebody be that real about how they're going through something. Because I don't know. I'm I turned forty on Friday. I have not seen that level of realness from friends, family, like people, it was vulnerability. Like it makes sense. You don't want to, you don't want to show that stuff. You want to hide it. And it meant a lot to me that they showed it. And then it became like a meme. They got just really annoying for me. Cause I was like, these people are putting themselves out there. And yes, it's not the gold level easy standard everyone expects but it was what a lot of people probably need to see sorry i kind of bogarted that whole thing (laughs) 
All right. So Will Smith, yes, he did absolutely put himself out there. I agree with you. Well, so and Jada did too. Like they both did. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying, I was absolutely shocked at how much he does behind the scenes. I don't know. I just really never, I guess I just never thought of it. And so when I saw his name on Cobra Kai and then I started to dive into it, I was like, I mean, I guess now it does absolutely, absolutely make sense, but it was just something I never thought of because you just think of Will Smith as this major movie star. Well, yeah, but also like you do all the ed- editing on this podcast and like you pull it together. So, I mean, like there's always somebody behind the scenes. So, um, like I said, I looked it up and he's got a total of 42 upcoming projects and he's already got 33 under his belt. So some that are really probably obvious, like Fresh Prince, Hitch, iRobot. But did you know that Will Smith was the executive producer on 2002 Showtime with Eddie Murphy and Robert De Niro? I didn't, but mm. kind of makes a little sense. Like, I, I feel like if I'm projecting here, Will Smith probably grew up watching Eddie Murphy stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it would make sense that he want to be involved in like a thing that he did. In 2003, he teamed up with Dwayne Martin on several projects, uh, the movie Ride or Die, and then also the TV show All of Us, which is loosely based on Will and Jada's life and how they interact with his ex-wife, Cherie. It ran for four seasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, Will and and Dwayne worked together again in 2004 in the movie Seat Filler. We skip to 2006. We have ATL starring T.I. and Lauren London. In 2008, he was a producer on Lakeview Terrace that stars Patrick Wilson, Kerry Washington, and Samuel L. Jackson. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the one where like the neighbor is oddly helpful and then super creepy. Yeah, so Samuel L. Jackson is a police officer and Patrick Wilson and Kerry Washington are a married interracial couple, and Sam doesn't like that. And Patrick Wilson, like, if you don't know what he looks like, just imagine, like, a really attractive white guy who you kind of want to punch in the face, and that's him. <laughs> that's a good That's, that's a good. I mean, it is. Like, like that's, that's how he, like, he was, he's always been, like, this quasi-bad guy in movies. Like, he was an A-team. He played Smith in A-team. The bad guy. Uh, so if you ever watched A-Team, you were like, oh yeah, that guy. I really wanted to punch him. And you're right. <laughs> Will Smith was also the producer of The Secret Life of Bees, starring Dakota Fanning, Jennifer Hudson, Queen Latifah, Alicia Keys, and uh, Sophie Okonedo, who also was on Doctor Who, by the way. Oh. Okay, so Adam, a movie we mentioned previously because of your love of Chris Pine. Yeah. I just I, I le- legitimately watched uh, the first Star Wars tonight, Star Trek tonight. Star Trek, yeah. So we talked about This Means War with Chris Pine and Tom Hardy and Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. That was produced by Will Smith. Really? In 2012, yeah. It doesn't shock me. Like, it, like if, if he was one of those characters, I could see it. It's just odd because he is such a big name and you would expect him to be the star of a movie like that. So to be off screen and off the radar, it's just yeah, but, really but this is this is like buying the five dollar stocks. Like you you produce the movie, you make the monies, you don't have to actually show up for the entire filming. It's like buying the stock at five dollars and selling it at ten. 
this is this is how Hollywood makes their money. Right. Yeah. They're like, hey, um, you want me to be in this movie, so I'll find two other people who are decent and we'll make the movie. It'll be a good movie. So it doesn't end there. Queen Latifah had a talk show that ran from 2013 to 2015. And yep, Will Smith was producer. Mm-hmm. You like musical Adams. Did you know that Will was a producer on Annie? I did with not. Jamie Fox? But it actually makes a lot of sense. That's, that is a very good ad- adaptation of Annie. Like it was a needed adaptation, and I think it fits with the original story as well. Yeah. So this, I say this year, meaning 2020, the movie Charm City Kings made a splash winning at Sundance. It stars rapper Meek Mill, who, if you listen to the news at all, has been one of the biggest proponents for judicial changes, mm-hmm. for judicial system changes because of his experiences. Uh, he was... Will Smith was even an executive producer on an episode of Shark Week. (laughs) Really? Yes. Which Shark Week has become this huge phenomenon. I remember when Shark Week first started, it was like Shark Week. And now it's like Shark Week. Like people will take off work to watch Shark Week. So, of course, that sent me down a rabbit hole like of big time proportion. So Cobra Kai, I think like all of us, Will was like we talked about a karate kid fan. Yeah, because he his, even his, produced his son was in the remake, right? That's right where I'm going with that. Sorry. So he actually was the producer of um the karate kid reboot that starred his son Jason, uh, excuse me, Jaden and Jackie Chan and Taraji P. Henson in 2010. So, of course, Cobra Kai now makes sense to me after really, like, digging into that. So, some of his upcoming projects are really interesting as well, like Karate Kid 2. I don't have a list of who's going to star in it. I doubt it'll be Jaden at this point because he's so much older. Yeah. Um, But that is one of the projects on his upcoming producer list. Also, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which he will also be starring in alongside Kevin Hart. I'm sorry. What? Yep. Planes, trains, and automobiles. So apparently they're going to do a reboot of the John Candy, Steve Martin movie. Like I do and love that movie. It'll be interesting to see the chemistry between Will Smith and Kevin Hart. I think they'll be fine. Like, that's not a word about it. I think it's just it was a different time where, like, you had to actually take a train, a plane, or an automobile. I don't think that... People are used to doing all of those things. Well, it could planes, be like, yeah, it could be like and plane, Uber, and something else. Like, I, but we don't. It might be set in the past. We, I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're right. That's fair. Like, I think they they both could. They're going to be great at it. Um. Also coming up is Bel Air, which is the dramatic reimagining of the Fresh Prince, which it actually started off as like um, a viral video mm-hmm. that a young man produced Will Smith saw it and fell in love with it. And it, it became a, an actual project, yeah. which I think is amazing. And like, not just like a young, like a complete unknown created a video about yeah, he how, created how like could, a trailer, yeah, a trailer. And Will Smith said like, yeah, I like this. And I made a thing like, this is like somebody's like college project. And it became a thing. That is awesome. Uh, there's also going to be Hancock 2, which is, of course, he's a producer and star of. Um, I'm sure Charlize will be back for that one as well. 
and King Richard, which is a story of the Venus sisters and their dad coaching them to victory. Will not only produces, but stars in that one as well. So the Williams sisters? Mm-hmm. Their dad is, his name is Richard. Yeah. Oh, wow. So he's portraying their dad. They haven't talked about that a lot. What, the movie or them? their dad coaching them? I mean, there, there has not been, like, there have been many options where people have tried to, to learn more about the story, but there has not been a lot known about the story. Well, it actually was a project a few years ago. They had sold the rights and it didn't happen. And Will has obtained the rights and there was a little bit of a lawsuit behind it, but yeah. it looks like uh, it's still going to happen with Will. So I mean, it's an, it, it has to be an amazing story. You have two of the three, maybe the top two women's tennis players ever. Mm-hmm. And their sisters. And their sisters, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like, there has to be just, like, if this was 100 years ago, they'd both be princesses, and we would have five different Shakespeare stories about them. <laughs> so now I'm going to pull an Adam, and I'm going to list my top five Will Smith produced projects i like it not starring in but produced projects um i want to give a brief honorable mention to i robot from 2004 and hancock 2008 i love both of those they just squeaked out of the top five i appreciate that so number five we've got hitch from 2005 which is a romantic comedy and it does happen to star will smith and ava mendez it's just, and also Kevin uh, James. Yeah. It's just a fun romantic comedy. It, it, and it doesn't go where you would expect it to go because Kevin James uh, is like the dorky guy looking, he's in love with this girl and he wants help. He wants this dating coach to help him win the girl over. But you have, so that's of course your quote unquote main love story. But then you've got this side story that, you don't expect but you kind of do and it's just really good and it's a lot of fun in my opinion it's the best ad- adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac ever mm-hmm. um, because Cyrano de Bergerac is is trapped behind one person talks to another person behind the bush and this is it updates it for modern times and it's so good and it works and it also it works very well and it's also probably one of the times that like like will smith is a alpha level human but he is vulnerable in that film i love the uh scene where he has the allergic reaction oh yeah it's great oh my god it's great <laughs> it's so over the top now this list was really hard for me so just bear with me no i it, i i think it's real so, close it's really good so far so number four for me cobra kai Like I said, this is a Will Smith produced top five. And as someone who grew up with, you know, Ralph Macchio as Daniel Sun and Mr. Miyagi and Johnny Lawrence, watching Cobra Kai, one is so nostalgic and it brings it all back home. But as cheesy, there is a level of cheese there, but it's also a really good story. Yeah, but like it's good cheese. It's very good, geez. Um, It's very enjoyable. Of course, it hit as as soon as they dropped it on January first. It was number one on Netflix Mm -hmm. because people were like 
they could not wait. We could not wait for it to come back. Like people were like, okay, come on, come on, January 1st, drop, 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 drop. And I think they ended up dropping it a week early because people were so excited about yeah. it. I, I don't know that for sure, but I remember hearing that they, that they were like, okay, fine. Stop emailing us. We'll just drop it. Yeah. They dropped it about like a week early. Yeah. So number three on the list, Fresh Prince, which ran from 1990 to 1996. It was only six years. Mm-hmm. Man, that feels like that impacted my life way more than I feel like six years should be. The reunion is really good because it talks about the impact that that show had on so many people and the issues that they discussed. I mean, there were a few episodes that Will Smith was really vulnerable mm-hmm. on Fresh Prince. And one of the episodes, of course, they talked about when Will's dad yeah. leaves yeah. and James Avery is there and he's like, why doesn't he want me? And, yeah. and Will talks about how James whispered in, in his ear and he said, now that's acting because James Avery is this classically oh, trained yeah. or, you know, was this classically trained actor, you know, and, and Will even talks about how, you know, he's on stage with him and here he is this rapper from Philly and to hear James say to him, now that's how you act was just, so it meant so much to him and not that this matters but as a privileged white child that was the first time i saw somebody talk about having a father that wasn't there or a mother that wasn't there or having a non-nuclear relationship Mm -hmm. and it was big Mm -hmm. that was important and i I don't think I realized at the time how important it was, but I mean, I, I learned and not to, I think we mentioned this before, like I learned about people getting their period from Cosby. Right. And I learned about the fact that there might be kids in my class who had split families and I was very privileged. I lived in a lily white community, religious I mean, like diversity in our kid was, we had one kid who was Catholic. That's not diversity. And I remember that episode where it like, it shook me to the core. I was like, this is different. And I like, I need to understand or try to learn about this. And I don't know that I then took any step to actually learn about it, but it was shaking and it was important that it happened. Mm-hmm. So Fresh Prince is coming in at number three on my top five Will Smith produced projects number two seven pounds which also does happen to star will smith and uh, rosario dawson and if you've never seen seven pounds you will ball like a baby um it's i guess it's long enough that you can kind of i i can say it without yeah any real spoilers but the gist of the movie is there's a man who embarks on this journey of redemption and he is doing that by changing the lives of seven strangers, but in a way that rips your heart out. So it's, it's got Will Smith, Rosario Dawson, Woody Harrelson, Michael Ely. Uh, It's from 2008 and man, it's, it's a, it's one of the most beautiful tear jerking movies. It's happy. It's very heavy, yeah. like extremely heavy, but it's so good. And then my top Will Smith produced project 
does also happen to star Will Smith again. Because, I mean, you know. Why not? Come on. If you're going to produce it, you might as well star in it. Uh, then you get to pick the good stuff because you're paying for it. <laughs> it's the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And that movie, not only do I love it because it's based on a true story, but I also love the chemistry that you see between Will and Jaden because it is the story of a father and a son, a single father and a son. But you see the love and the chemistry between the actual father and son. And it's beautiful. And there's a cameo at the very end with the actual uh, subject of the movie. And if you've not seen The Pursuit of Happiness, it's it's the story of, I want to say Robert Johnson, but I, I know I'm, I'm wrong. Uh, oh no, Chris Gardner, excuse me, Chris Gardner, who actually became like a self-made billionaire. Mm-hmm. But- there was a time where Chris and his son were sleeping in subway bathrooms. So there's a a really cool little cameo of Chris at the very end of the movie where Will and Jaden are, or Chris and his son are walking and you see the actual Chris kind of cross their path and, you know, kind of wave or whatever. So I thought that was pretty cool, but there you have my top five Will Smith produced projects. Those are all really good. Thank you. Thank you. So how did I do for my A side? I, I like your A side. <laughs> and I mean that 95%, but also 5% is scared you're going to hate my B side. So. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure I will not hate your B side. <laughs> All right. So we got the B side with Adam next. This is Kevin Armstrong, your host for Movie Battle. Each episode, we take two films and put a super fan of each against one another to decide which one is best. The only rule we have is that you come correct. If you're interested in being a guest on Movie Battle, please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Welcome back. This is Adam's attempt at the B-side. I have always known that Brooke spends hours, nay, days on research. And being me, I was like, hey, I'll take it over for one week. And thank God it'll only be one week. (laughs) Because this stuff is hard. This, there's a lot of, like I've spent, and granted, I was going to do this last Wednesday, and then evidently the world decided to end, and then it didn't, but I thought it was. And then I dove in a little bit more for the last week, but I spent two weeks dealing with this detail and how I want to present this story. And the thing is, there's no out here. These stories are not, there's no, like when we talk about the best Will Smith movies that he's produced, there's always a a idea of something good, you know? Mm -hmm. But for the last 27 weeks, Brooke has not had anything good on her ledger. So I, I had a friend who is a 
fan of the show come to me and talk about this story that she had heard from a friend and it was local here in Minnesota and wanted or suggested, not wanted, suggested that we look into it and kind of highlighted it as a story. And there's a, as I started to do some research, there's one thing that really popped out to me is that we are in a pandemic. And there are a lot of deaths that happen because of pandemic. But I don't know if we as a society have noticed all the deaths that are happening because of pandemic that aren't related to pandemic. So a couple months ago, the CDC put out a report in that deaths overall are rising even beyond the pandemic. According to the CDC.gov, we are 20% up on deaths overall. And that means that there are a lot more deaths happening this year. We may not be able to directly connect them to a pandemic, but more people are dying this year. In fact, data from a study from the Massachusetts Hospital Brigham and Women's, which when I lived in Boston is considered one of the top hospitals in Boston. It is not general hospital because that's Mass General and that actually became a you know daytime TV show. But Brigham and Women's is on the same level, if not above. They found that the significant year-over-year jump in intimate partner violence, nearly all women who sought emergency care over the last year was increasing. And in fact, uh, Marty Chadwick Balcom, uh, who was reported in uh, the CDC.gov report, says the data confirms what we expect being confined to home for a long period of time increases the possibility between for violence between intimate partners. And that connects with the crime that we are going to talk about today. And there is no way to say whether this crime would have been different without lockdown, but it was certainly potentially influenced by lockdown. That is not to say the lockdown is his fault or that it was something we shouldn't have done, but there are things that happen because of societal impact. Uh, the family of the victim has pointed to the lockdown as a factor that could have impacted this event. On April 30th, Mariah Furry, who lived in Maple Grove, which is not more than 15 miles from where I sit right now, was killed. That same day, the governor of Minnesota extended the stay-at-home order, which meant that for the vast majority of Minnesotans, they couldn't go out. It also meant that individuals in potentially dangerous situations had nowhere else to go. While it is not fair to equate the governor's extension and Mariah's death, the CDC and other organizations have mentioned that lockdowns and isolations have made 
potentially vile situations more volatile. And Maria Furry is one individual who may have been impacted by being locked down. Jacob and Maria Furry were a attractive, seemingly happy couple living in Maple Grove, which is one of the more affluent bedroom communities of Twin Cities. However, things were not as they appeared on the surface. On the morning of April 30th, Jacob David Furry reported his wife missing. This is the middle of lockdown. He said that she had, he had overheard her telling her mother that she was going for a walk. He went to work, came back. She was nowhere to be found. Her phone, wallet, all her personal belongings were still at home. So it was highly unlikely that she would leave without those things. It was reported to the authorities and immediately a full-scale search involving a helicopter and, you know, cadaver dogs started looking for her. To give some context, this is April 30th, May 1st. In Minnesota, we've been locked down for two and a half months. People were very, very interested in helping and wanted to get out there. Uh, many Facebook groups were created. Uh, one existing group, which was called the Missing But Not Forgotten, posted on May 1st a picture of Maria giving her vitals, 28 years old, missing on April 30th from Maple Grove, Minnesota, four foot 10, Hispanic, long black hair. And it said she left for a walk on April 30th, around 11 a.m., leaving her phone and money behind. We haven't heard from her since. She was on the east side of Maple Grove near Eagle Lake. Her family is extremely worried for her safety and well-being. Please contact the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of- Okay, can I just say, as someone who is a true crime person, I guess. Yeah. As soon as I heard her phone, wallet, and all that was still at home, uh-uh, red flags. Yes, and you were right. Um, and her husband was actively involved in getting or sharing the narrative that she was gone. He was the one who said, I came home and she hasn't been found, so we need to look for her. Two days later, her body was found. Mm. And as... I can already hear in, in Brooke's cadence of her voice or her breathing. It's obvious what happened. But even during a pandemic, the husband tried to change the narrative. He encouraged the helicopters, encouraged the dogs. He was out there telling everyone that she was just gone and it was an ex-boyfriend that was probably involved. The website that had first talked about her getting uh, for, for people looking for her and encouraged people and people showed up like as i said it was during pandemic and there were a lot of people that wanted to help because they wanted to do something on may 2nd 2020 the facebook post the family thanks everyone for their help Please keep her family and friends in your thoughts and prayers as they move forward 
found an angel 5 to 2020. The man who faked his wife's disappearance and then called authorities, organized a search involving helicopters and cadaver dogs, finally admitted a week after that he has faked his wife's disappearance. And this is the part I don't like about this part of the, doing this, the thing. He faked his wife's disappearance after he killed and buried her in a crawl space under their home, according to charges. He was arrested and charged with one count of second-degree murder and the intent of killing his 28-year-old wife. Hmm. The family said it was because that Maria, his wife, was trying to leave him. He said he strangled her during an argument about the victim leaving him. That is horrible. The really worst part, that motherfucker used the same duct tape. So he put a bag and duct tape around his wife's throat and she suffocated. He was gonna use the same duct tape to put up missing posters. That's some messed up. I mean, up. it is messed up, but it's it's it shouldn't be shocking. I shouldn't be shocked. <laughs> We've been doing this for 27 weeks, and I shouldn't be shocked. When you have someone who is that disturbed, it means nothing to him to use that same roll of tape to you that's like oh my god you killed your wife with that roll of tape and now you're using it to to him it's a roll yeah. of tape who cares so he had hid her in a crawl space under the house and that honestly in minnesota that's kind of weird like in minnesota we have basements like we we most of our houses many of our houses have like full-on basements and uh, we we just keep random stuff down there that we then sell in garage sales. Uh, but this guy did not have a basement. And he had a crawl space that he had hidden his wife in. Uh, it was a three to foot, four, three to four foot tall, lovertal crawl space, uh, which took the police a several hours of tarps and digging to get her out it was clear that she had a plastic bag placed upon her head and then duct tape that he would then plan to use putting up missing flyers to secure it but the thing that really i mean all of that is incredibly awful but unfortunately as we have learned from many other stories and as i have learned from you brooke this is not the first time that jacob furry show potential violence or abuse it may be the first time that he killed but there were signs he was married before in minnesota and he forced his newlywed wife to move to Virginia, not Virginia, Minnesota, because there is a Virginia, Minnesota, no, like Virginia, the state, mm -hmm. uh, because her connection with her family was too close. 
in an interview uh, with ccxmedia.org, Jacob Furry's former wife, Alex Rumsey, says her relationship with her husband became, started out innocently enough, but they went to the same church, same high school group. After four years, they decided to get married. But as soon as they moved out of the state, he became more controlling and aggressive. And she says, at one point, I was still convinced it was my fault and my problem. It took me several years before other people started bringing up thoughts that maybe things weren't as healthy as they should be. Before Jacob married Maria, Alex left him and moved back to Minnesota. And then Jacob did too. And as I'm reading all of these stories, something very familiar popped up. Alex Ramsey says her ex-husband was psychologically abusive and eventually the tendencies of Jacob Furry progressed with a horrific outcome. What might be her advice to women in a similar situation? And there come some really familiar words. Get up. If things are not right, they're probably right to trust their instincts. Or my opinion is it has been very well turned into a concise statement by Brooke. Bad vibes save lives. Mm-hmm. Maria's death was incredibly horrific on her family, and we are but six months out of it. Uh, yet, even within the last six months, they've used their grief to create an outlet and a resource for those who might be in similar situations. They've created Maria's Voice. Maria's Voice is a nonprofit uh, formed to honor the life of Maria, daughter, niece, cousin, friend. And their website can be accessed through mariasvoice.org. They also have an active Facebook page that can be found at facebook.com mariasvoice.org. And their entire goal, and they've sold so, so one of the things was Maria had a brand new puppy when she passed away, mm-hmm. uh, or was she when she was killed? It's not passing away; it's killed. She was killed, uh, and that puppy has grown up and is sort of the talisman for Maria's voice. You can buy um, bandanas, T-shirts. You can support the group. All of their proceeds go towards helping people who are in a potentially dangerous situation to have an outlet. And to go back to something I mentioned earlier with the CDC, they have mentioned that right now, most existing outlets or resources are overwhelmed because there are so many people that are trapped or have been trapped that they can't get out. Uh, United Nation actually goes, the United Nations Women's Council goes on to call this a shadow pandemic. We all hear about the pandemic, but there is another one happening where domestic violence has risen. Lives have been altered. Lives have been ended. And Maria Furry is just one of the many lives who have been changed during this pandemic. So if you have the wherewithal or the influence 
or the impulse, uh, Marie's voice, or many of the organizations that are available. Domestic violence is something that has always been a shadow pandemic, but it's getting worse. And hopefully, as Maria's family said, when they started the Maria's Voice organization, if we can help one person, then that will make Maria smile. You know, we've talked about this before. We had the case of Terry Jindusa, who mm. is a survivor. If you need help, the National Domestic Abuse Hotline is available 24-7. And it is difficult to get out, but there is always help. Or if you, someone you know needs help. Uh, the beautiful thing about the National Domestic Violence Hotline, their website, it's thehotline.org. If you are on that website and you are in a situation where you feel that if your partner sees it and it's going to cause you trouble, one, it doesn't leave a history, tracking history. You can hit, there's a giant red X that says exit, escape. You can hit the escape button and it immediately closes the page and it doesn't leave cookies in your history. And they do that intentionally because they know if that partner sees it, it could, it could mean, it could be a life or death situation. Um, again, it's the hotline.org. Also 800-799-SAFE, which is 7233. And just know that there is always help. So Adam, I have to ask you this. You said that a week after her murder, he just confessed. Like what caused him to confess? Were they on to him? Did they find oh, the clues? Yeah. I, I didn't do a good job of telling that. They found the body. In the, in right. the, in, in the, that was, that was what made him confess. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. So they, found, they found, they found it okay. in the crawl space. Um, it was, I think he confessed less than a week after he admitted, like said that she was missing. Uh, so as soon as they, as soon as they started searching, like the dude had no, he was not good at this. He just, he just was like, I'm done. Um, okay. They had, they had had, um, I looked through the, uh, state records. They had never had any domestic violence issues that were reported, but family said that there were, were things that had happened. Uh, and it sounds like up until this, it was mostly his control, both between his ex-wife and what the family said about his Maria is that his control was mostly emotional and like financial. So this was the moment where he stepped over that line. Honestly, the, they say that one of the most dangerous times for women in a, in a relationship in an abusive relationship, especially is when they decide to leave. Yeah. And it's, and again, Sorry, Mama Summers, but it's fucked that it has to get to this point where, like, and I am showing a lot of my ignorance of history here, but like, the Underground Railroad was supposed to be gone. 
but we still have underground railroads to get women out of bad situations. That's not okay. You know, um, on the show, the morning show that I, I do now, uh, we start every morning off with what we call Tell Me Something Good. It's a good news story. Maybe it's two, maybe it's three. And this week we started off, and it's sad that this has to be a good news story, but there's two young college guys that found out how many women need help. And they started a moving service that moves women in abusive relationships absolutely free. And these two college kids now have this amazing project. It's in multiple states in Canada. And this, this moving company, they're moving women absolutely free. And they did it because they saw the need. And, and like I said, it's absolutely free. And on top of that, with every move, they donate meals to feeding children because not only are women impacted by yeah. this situation, their children are also impacted by yeah. this situation. Kids who just want to eat and live and go to school. So I know it's hard. I know if you know someone in that situation and not everybody is going to be open to you. Not even if you ask them outright, sometimes you can ask someone outright yeah. if they're in that situation and they're not going to tell you. I mean, they may not just, feel safe. They may not, but just keep reassuring them that you are there. Keep showing them how to get help. Do we know when he's going to court? Oh, he's, he's been uh, sentenced. He's He's, um, what I at least read it was he did not he pleaded guilty so it was like 24 years uh, but I have not seen any formal sentencing I've seen that he pled guilty and it's the expectation was 24 years but I've not seen any formal sentencing yet and according to the state um, website of like actual you can look up legal stuff it's not it's not gone through yet. Mm-hmm. You did a good job. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> I'll be <laughs> honest. Like, I don't know. So let me ask you, what made you say, you know, I'm going to tackle this? I mean, because honestly, I've had the easy part for six months. Mm-hmm. I react. I'm good at reacting. Uh, I've watched a lot of detective shows. I've I wanted to see if I could find something. And honestly, everything I found was hard, not fun. Um, and I know that part of this partnership is that we have very different viewpoints. But in my ignorance or hubris, I wanted to see what was on the other side. And I don't want to ever do that again. <laughs> I thought I was going to be Miss Marple or Perot, and I was going to figure something out. And everything I read was just hard. I'm cool being Watson from now on. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we end 
the B side. Give us Maria's the sites that her family has set up again. So she's got two options. Uh, you can go to Facebook at mariasvoice.org or just the website, mariasvoice.org. Um, they've done a lot over the last year, uh, understandably with the holidays. There hasn't been a lot of like recent posting, uh, mm -hmm. but if you are inclined, please check it out. Uh, and remember, this is a family, not a corporation. Mm -hmm. So they might not post every day, but they're working through it. And if you want to help, you can be there. All right. Well, I think you did a very good job. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Especially because you're not into, I say that with quotes, the true crime. You are, um, I guess, along for the ride of the true crime. Yeah. Like I said, I'd very much prefer to be Watson from now on. <laughs> <laughs> you wish your luck. You want stuff. I'll just react. It's cool. <laughs> All right. If you um, would like to support the show again, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash a side B side pod. Again, bad vibes save lives. Trust your guts. They're yeah. probably nuts. Both of those shirts are available uh, in our merch store. Also, all of our source material, we link that on our website as well. And there's usually pictures with each case. I just I just that. shared with Brooke the entire file that I've been working on for two weeks. So I see it. I'm scrolling through it right here. And he looks like a big old douchebag. So mm. I hope he yeah. rots. Unfortunately, he looks like he looks like every dude. Like that's that's the worst part. Is like it would be better if he looked like the Joker or something, and he was at a painted face. He's just he's just an angry dude. A lot of that is honestly, like we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast. It's entitlement. It's privilege. I'm not used to being rejected. I don't like being rejected. You're not going to reject me. So this is going to end the yeah. way I say it. I mean, and this guy got like his first wife left him and then he got worse. But like literally like I'm looking at this dude's picture and like he could walk into my bar tomorrow and I wouldn't think he was a sociopath. He's just a guy. That's the thing. Narcissists, sociopaths, psychopaths, they look like normal people. That's how they get by. I'd really like if they all came with like some sort of like weird hairstyle. That would be very helpful for me. Kind of like the psychopath version of the let me speak to your manager haircut. Yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> when Karen comes in, I know I'm in trouble. When Joseph <laughs> comes in, I don't know that. <laughs> like, I'm cool. Karen comes in, I'm like, okay. Like, I got the three jokes I know we're going to hit. Cool. I will tell her about these jokes. And then we'll make sure that everything she asked for is done perfectly. And I will not get stabbed in the face. When Joseph <laughs> comes in, or Joshua, or whatever. I don't know. Thaddeus. Thaddeus. Yeah. I only say Thad because that was uh, the name of uh, one of the uh, QAnon, oh, whatever, yeah. leaders whatever sad sad 
<laughs> sounds like a douchebag thad yeah, no, it's not, sorry no, your name it is sounds, thad. Like, it sounds like the bad guy from like an like late 90s movie about be going to college it's like oh i had all these friends but then thought thad ruined everything <laughs> right. he wanted me to be his like acapella quartet and i didn't want to and then he kicked me out of gym <laughs> please don't judge my script writing on this last 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness okay so we've got five me a coffee we've got the website you can interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can email us podcasts at gmail.com. We also love to hate guys you. named Thad. Apparently. So if your name is Thad, screw you, buddy. Actually, kidding. write us a letter why we shouldn't hate you. We'll we'll read it. I'll read it dramatically. <laughs> I'll still hate you, but we'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Hi, my name is Thad, and I've lived a hard life. <laughs> Everyone was My parents only me. had three cars and <laughs> we only had four houses. I when... never I never learned what figgy pudding was. <laughs> I thought it was just from the song. I was told by my friend Aloysius that there was Aloysius? Pudding. Yeah, I was thinking of the most absurd name I could. Because I, I don't want to alienate our listeners, and I think we've already alienated dads. But that has to be a very small group. And Aloysius has to be an even smaller group. So <laughs> I apologize to Aloysius and Thads. We hate you. Especially oh, no. Thads. There's going to be somebody, somebody who emails us next week. is going to be like, hello, my name is Thad Aloysius. I was like, ah, damn it. <laughs> sorry, Brooks mom. Hmm. All right, also, so sorry for calling your grandma. Uh, she is trouble. a grandma though she's just not my grandma she is a grandma makes you feeling better i have to go outside and shovel snow oh well no it doesn't but that's actually not a thing i live in an apartment <laughs> all right it so is snowing got, though <laughs> we've got instagram we've got twitter we've got facebook we've got email a side b side podcasts at gmail.com and again thanks to our friend aurora over at murder murder news for oh, yeah. uh, showing off the t-shirt it please do that more because it looks, looks amazing it looks so worse <laughs> on me i think you have an, an admirer in adam so well you know also the internet Wait, you're an admirer of the internet? No, the internet is an admirer of her. Oh, oh, yes. But yes, I am an admirer of the internet. But if she (laughs) wants to do like a who wore best thing, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm game. Okay. All right. Challenge. It's on. So buy a (laughs) t-shirt. You have to buy a pink one if you want to do the who wore it better. I'm fine with that. I like pink t-shirts. They make my eyes pop. <laughs> All right, so next week things are back to normal. I got the B side, Adam's got the A side, and uh as a follow-up to our story last week, we talked about Alberta Jones, the civil rights activist, attorney, all-around amazing badass woman that she was. Next week, we've got another female that was really truly a badass. Not going to give you any more details than that but uh, you want to check that out next week. I will always show up for a badass female. 
<laughs> All right, Adam. Thanks. Thank you, Brooke. The best part is I have already next week's thing already written. A man goes on a rampage with a samurai sword in Quebec City under the full moon on Halloween night. Two deadly women plot to extort a friend for money and a grisly Dexter-style murder plot in Portugal. Tune in to Murder Murder News every Friday for the wildest true crime cases making headlines each week. Check out Murder Murder News on YouTube and Instagram. As always, thank you for listening to A-Side, B-Side podcast. If you enjoy the show, please, if you don't mind, head on over to Apple and leave us a rating or a review. And if you'd like to continue to support the podcast, you can do so by heading on over to Patreon or you can buy us a coffee, as well as buying merch on our website, asidebsidepodcast.square.site. From Adam and I at A-Side, B-Side podcast, please remember to wear your mask, social distance if you're around people that don't live in your household, and just be safe and happy. Thanks again from us here at A-Side B-Side Podcast.